Hello, it's me, Lily, a frog, who lives in a pond and loves to tell stories. forest where the subarctic winds blow. And the ground is frozen and the trees are bare. For the better part of the year lives a snow gnome named Chuckles. Now you're probably thinking, wait a minute, I've heard of Siberian gnomes and I've heard of Arctic gnomes, but what is a snow gnome? Is snow gnome an umbrella term that includes both Siberian gnome and Arctic gnome varieties? Exactly. And they're less well-known cousins, boreal forest gnomes, like Chuckles. Chuckles wears a red gnome hat and he walks around the boreal forest on snowshoes. Most of the time, the snow is so squeaky cold that it sounds like this. Chuckles works hard during the summer months to collect enough dried berries and pickled eggs and honeycomb to keep him well fed through the long boreal winters and to brew enough root beer and to ferment dandelion wine. What he has most of, though, is Labrador tea because it's so plentiful in the boreal, though it's not, truth be told, Chuckles's favorite thing to drink. He lives in a birch bark house under a low bough of an evergreen tree. The bough keeps the little gnome's house warm and safe, and it's built so that it's attached to the tree, not to the ground, so that no matter how deep the snow gets, and it does get deep, Chuckles is never snowed in. He can always open his front door, slide down the green bough, and go for a brisk snowshoe or Nordic ski. Gnomes, as you know, patrol large areas so that they can offer assistance to any creatures in need. As such, when Chuckles goes for a ski or snowshoe, it's always with a backpack full of emergency equipment. He has rope in his backpack and medicines and tools to mend or to cut, and he has dry provisions, berries, bandages, matches, emergency candles, and of course, a good lamp. Just now, Chuckles is back from a wolverine rescue, and he's consulting the great book of gnome wisdom, the Gnomonomicon. He's in his apothecary, or his medicine's room. The walls are lined with carefully labeled boxes and jars and drawers, and he's flipping through the pages of the great leather-bound book. The most astonishing thing about wolverines is not their size. If you were to see one, you'd think it not astonishingly large. You'd probably compare it to a medium-sized dog in size. 
not in temperament. Mind you, the one Chuckles rescued was a very young female, so closer to the size of a chocolate lab puppy at 12 weeks. But to be clear, we are talking size here, not personality. The astonishing thing about wolverines is their claws. The claws of a wolverine quite prevent one from noticing how fuzzy and round wolverine ears are, or how bushy and fluffy wolverine tails are. One's eye is drawn right to those claws, like long sets of sharp knives. Wolverine claws are completely outsized. They look like they belong on a much, much bigger animal. If you've ever seen a small child teetering around in their mother's high-heeled shoes, it might remind you of the wolverine with claws extended because they look like they are wearing a set of claws belonging to an animal 10 times their size. They look like a small bear wearing the claws of a much, much, much bigger bear. This is what Chuckles was thinking as he flipped through the pages of the Nomonomicon, past the chapter on sourdough starters, past the chapter on herbals for saunas, baths, and steams, past the chapter on raising gnome children, past the chapter on musicology there. Rescue techniques for dangerously angry beasts with outsized claws. Gnomes are well versed in rescuing animals that are larger than themselves. This is necessary because gnomes, as you know, are bigger than mice, but they're smaller than squirrels. They are taller than a chickadee, but smaller than a crow. So to help a hurt baby fawn or a red fox or a snowshoe hare, well, there are logistics involved, certainly. This is one of many reasons gnome education includes how to build ladders, how to work with pulleys and levers to gain mechanical advantage, as well as safety precautions around hurt animals who are less predictable than animals who are feeling well. Chuckles read, to help any animal in distress, the gnome must provide that animal with not only a safe place to heal and recover, but a feeling of safety. Once the animal is not only safe, but feels safe, providing water, medicine, and food are the next essentials. Dangerously angry beasts with outsized claws provide special challenges to their rescuers, and as such, gnomes should follow these special steps. Step one. Single gnomes must ask for help. If you suspect you are in danger, never, ever continue a rescue solo. Chuckles sighed deeply. He did suspect he was in danger, indeed. He had found the wolverine unconscious and hurt, and so he built a large sled to drag the animal back to his gnome hospital. He recruited a mule deer to pull the big heavy sled for him, and he gave her his last handful of dried wild strawberries to thank her. 
Near the Nome Hospital, Chuckles pushed and rolled the Wolverine, still unconscious, into a badger-dug burrow with a door that opened and closed with a pulley system. He brought in his good lamp and went to work right away, cleaning and bandaging the Wolverine's injury before she woke up. When Chuckles sensed the Wolverine was about to wake up, Chuckles left the burrow, scurrying back to safety, climbing up his little tree bough home made of birch bark. Chuckles thought the Wolverine would wake up and leave on her own once she was recovered enough, but when she poked her Wolverine nose out of the burrow, the pulley system unexpectedly came undone, and the door slammed shut on the poor animal's snout. Outraged and frightened, the Wolverine dug deeper and deeper into her burrow until she tired herself out and fell asleep. Well, that would be fine and well, except that Chuckles feared two possibilities. If she woke up and kept digging frantically again, she'd soon reach the rest of the underground hospital for burrowing animals, in which sick bunnies and ground squirrels and tiny little burrowing owls were fighting for their lives. That would be calamitous, as the little creatures couldn't defend themselves against a hungry, panicked predator. If, on the other hand, Chuckles opened the door to let the wolverine out the front, he'd be the one at risk. He pictured himself holding the burrow door open with a short little rope and pulley system as the tremendous and dangerously angry beast with outsized claws sprang out the door. He pictured her about to run for freedom, but first turning towards his fear scent. Her long claws extended as long as Chuckles was tall, and he imagined her bearing her gleaming wolverine teeth at him. Oh, poor Chuckles shuddered. What could Chuckles do? Ask for help was good advice in theory, but it simply didn't apply to Chuckles. He lived hundreds of miles away from the nearest gnome. He was a solitary gnome. I need help. Chuckles wrote on a postcard. Then he signed it with a deep sigh. <sighs> Chuckles. He would have addressed it to Gnome headquarters, but alas, he was out of ink. He went to his pantry for an inky cap mushroom to make more and discovered he was out of inky cap mushrooms too. Chuckles noticed, sitting on his desk, the RSVP envelope for Surly and Daffiana's annual summer harvest feast. It was already addressed to Surly and Daffiana, so why not? Chuckles tucked the I-need-help message into the envelope and put it on his windowsill for a magpie to take to the post office. He went to his pantry to get a hazelnut to pay the magpie for her service, but he discovered he was out of hazelnuts, too. Oh, Chuckles was dreadfully sad. He turned back to his big book of gnomic wisdom. Step two, you will need to be resourceful. Make an inventory list of all the resources that could help you. With a pen but no ink, Chuckles couldn't do that. He felt so defeated. He moved on to step three. Step three, if you are rescuing a large carnivore, it will need fresh meat. You may have to consider hunting if you don't want to be its next meal. Ding, dang, duck, shouted Chuckles, slamming the Nomonomicon shut. He knew that he could never, ever hunt. Gnomes are vegetarians, and Chuckles was 
particularly not well suited to harming any creature of the forest. Mind you, thought Chuckles, there is that gray wolf whose paw I helped remove a wild rose thorn from, but oh no, 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 that would never work. Wolves and wolverines are natural enemies. Chuckles went to his pantry and looked to see what he had left. He had 99 bottles of root beer on the wall, one for every day between now and when he could bottle some more. He had honeycomb and pickled eggs. He had enough lamp oil to keep his home warm and bright. He had a big bucket of spruce tree pitch useful for mending, patching, and gluing, and he had some long coils of no-made rope. Aha, said Charles. I have just what I need, a long rope so that I can be far away when I open the door to let out the dangerous and angry beast with outsized claws. Chuckles picked up that coil of rope. He slung it over his shoulder, opened his front door, slid down the tree bough, and snowshoed down to the burrow. He paced from the burrow back to his tree home, measuring out the length of rope as he went. It was too short. Chuckles would need to find another way. His eyes scanned the horizon. So much snow. Trees covered with snow. Rocks covered with snow. Wait! That boulder atop the hill. If Chuckles tied the rope around the boulder and pushed it down the hill, the weight of the boulder could open the door while Chuckles ran to safety. He measured out the rope. It was long enough. But how much time would it take for the boulder to roll down the hill? Chuckles did the math. Let's see. Distance times energy divided by mass times inertia. Six seconds. Hmm. Chuckles knew it would take him longer to get back to his treehouse than six seconds. He also knew that a running gnome would likely trigger the prey instincts of a frightened, hungry beast. He also knew that wolverines were terribly terribly fast, much faster than gnomes. I'll need to set up some sort of delay, thought Chuckles. Let's see. Snow, more snow, snow, ice, homemade sled. <gasps> That's it. I will build a lever to hoist the boulder onto the sled, but the sled will be blocked up with ice, so it won't be able to move down the hill until the ice melts and I will light candles to slowly melt the ice. As the candles melt the ice, I'll have plenty of time to run back to my treehouse before the boulder rolls down the hill and opens the door so that the wolverine can get away. Chuckles whistled while he worked. He loved the idea of solving problems all on his own. He was good at it. He was a resourceful gnome. He only took a short break for a late lunch. From his pantry, Chuckles ate two pickled eggs, a bottle of root beer, a few bites of honeycomb, and a handful of dried berries. But then he started to think about the wolverine and how hungry and thirsty and scared she would be. I must give her a little something to eat, thought Chuckles. She needs a fighting chance. Her injury is a serious one. 
So Chuckles filled a clay pot with pickled eggs for the wolverine to help her get her strength back. He also brought a little dish he could fill with fresh water for her. Once the boulder was on the sled and the sled was blocked up with ice and the candles were set out under the ice blocks with clever little shades to prevent drips from extinguishing the flames, Chuckles went to tie the long rope to the burrow door. But, alas, the metal hoop on the door was broken and there was nowhere to tie the rope to. Chuckles remembered the bucket of spruce pitch in his gnome home and he thought, that's it. I will glue the rope to the door until I have time to repair it properly. So Chuckles got the bucket of sticky pitch, noting that the sun was beginning to set and that he better work a bit faster. So instead of gluing the rope to the door and then lighting the candles to melt the ice blocks, Chuckles lit the candles first. I'll have just enough time, Chuckles assured himself. I will need to be efficient, though. So quickly, Chuckles smeared the sticky pitch on the burrow door. Then he remembered about the eggs in the water, so he took the snack for the wolverine out of his backpack, and he set it out on the snow for her. He was very generous. Fifteen eggs. He congratulated himself for being a kind and generous gnome, and also for being an industrious and clever gnome, and also for being a resourceful gnome and an independent gnome. Then he turned back to his work. He just had to attach the rope to the door. But when he did, he found his hands were quite glued to the rope, glued to the door. Oh, poor Chuckles. Well, he pulled as hard as he could, and he fell backwards into the bucket of sticky pitch. He had pitch all over his hands, and now his backside and his pants. Well, he ripped the bucket off his backside, lost his balance, and fell backwards into the dish of eggs. The eggs were stuck to Chuckles now. Well, this was not going according to plan. He must stop this all from happening so fast. Chuckles looked up at the melting ice blocks. They were just about to give. If he could remove the rope from the door, well, it would buy him more time, but when he tried, he found himself utterly stuck to the rope, which was stuck fast to the door. The boulder began to roll. Chuckles could feel the vibrations of the boulder rumbling down the icy hill. Quickly, it pulled the rope taut, initiated the pulley with a screech, and opened the door with Chuckles glued fast to it. Chuckles felt the panic of the beast in the burrow. Or was that his own panic as the door lifted up into the air with him glued to it, 15 eggs stuck to his backside like he was a fancy hors d'oeuvre on a platter? If you are rescuing a large carnivore, it will need fresh meat, remembered Chuckles. No, don't think about that, he told himself, and don't think about claws and teeth and claws or teeth and claws. Oh, the longest claws I've ever seen. Chuckles heard the low hiss and growl of the beast. He squeezed his eyes shut tight. Was that Chuckles' own heart he heard beating like a drum in the distance? Was that his own long howl he heard? Did he scream and snarl, or was the scream and snarl within his own heart? 
Next thing Chuckles knew, he was crashing down with the door and being peeled off it and into the arms of Surly and Daffiana. Chuckles, you silly gnome, what were you thinking, scolded Daffiana. You were performing a solo rescue of a dangerous and angry beast with outsized claws. The beast is on the loose, he told them. We know Chuckles, said Surly, pointing to the horizon where a grey wolf was chasing the limping wolverine away, but circling back towards the gnomes as if to say hello, as if to show them he wasn't really trying to catch her. The wolf howled in the distance. But how did you know I needed you, asked Chuckles. You wrote us a postcard that said you needed help, chuckled Surly. But I didn't have a hazelnut to pay the magpie, said Chuckles. Well, she came as quickly as she could, said Daffiana. She must be very fond of you. And she brought an eagle friend to fly us here as quickly as possible. And the eagle told the gray wolf you needed help. And he said he'd do anything to help you. And I'm so glad you're okay. We got here just in the nick of time. Surly couldn't stop chuckling. He had the best laugh. Then Daffiana said, Well, how about a nice meal while the sun sets? You'll need a serious bath, won't you? And a sauna. And a steam. Are those pickled eggs on your pants? And the stars came out. And the dandelion wine flowed. And gnome songs were sung. And Chuckles was so glad that he had friends and that he asked them for help. And his friends were glad he did too.